Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review Cool Runnings, a 1993 American comedy film directed by John Turtletaub and starring Leon Robinson, Dougie Doug, Raul D. Lewis, Malik Yoba, and John Candy. The film grossed an estimated $155 million worldwide against a budget of $17 million and was the last film that John Candy um, that was released, the last John Candy film that was released during his lifetime. Mm. Also, the movie was based loosely on the true story of the Jamaica National Bobsled Team's debut in competition during the 1988 Winter Olympics. And for some... These facts would be enough to consider this movie a classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from other right perspective. <laughs> you see it, Brittany. You see it. <laughs> we'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked <laughs> especially for this discussion. And for those who are tuning in, our audio participants, Brittany is obsessively holding up a VHS copy of this movie, Cool Runnings. Yes. Okay. We, we, we see and acknowledge. <laughs> we got it. That you still have the VHS. And that is just a very, very tip of the iceberg of Britney's VHS collection, just so y'all know. And I and since you don't even have a VHS player, do you? This is just the collection you have and no, no, I do. Oh, I you do have okay. a DVD VHS duo <laughs> okay. that I got for five dollars at a yard sale <laughs> years ago. Okay, all right, let's do intros. Kick us off, bro. <laughs> I am Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiya Wright. I'm the middle. And I am Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest, and I have a VHS of this movie. <laughs> If Brittany was, um, if you couldn't guess, he was the person that recommended that we recap and review this film. So her enthusiasm was to be expected. Okay, y'all. <laughs> Some people said they know they can't believe. <laughs> the bobsled team. <laughs> We've got the one daddy, Sunday one junior, your brother, Andy Mansenka. The fastest of the fastest of Jamaica sprinters. Respect to the man of Blitzer. Oh <laughs> she got them lyrics. She Help got me. them lyrics. Go ahead, sis. You better have them lyrics. I'm going to give me some new sisters. <laughs> well, it's funny because, um, you know, it's time for us to pick our voting symbol, y'all. You know, and I've already picked it. There's no need to discuss it. All right. What is it? It's a it's a Jamaican bobsled. What else are we going with? Hello. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I really don't see how it could be anything. I don't I don't want to hear any of your loop to scoop stuff. No, I would have I no. would have I would have wanted to hear the loop to scoop. But the thing is, she before we uh, started recording, she let us know she hadn't thought of it. Mm-hmm. So see, I don't want no half baked loop. Don't nobody bring me I no want, bad news. I, I want, <laughs> I want, I want the no full, bad news. I, I want the Janaya. I, I like the Janaya where she's laying in bed like, man, that's a good one. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I wanted to make sure I thought that the symbol should be a palm tree because right, right. it, it was on like the that. island <laughs> and trees are where our ancestors hang. Well, from. I noticed. I noticed hey. in the first scene there was grass and 
there's a specific kind of grass symbolize? that grows just in Jamaica. And so and I was thinking did. a blade of grass. <laughs> we didn't see grass when they got to Calgary. So it means so much. I'm just wondering if either of you actually watched this movie. Because if you had, you'd understand why I'm so confused by this energy. This isn't teamwork. Okay. <laughs> this is not how you come together as a team to win we the Olympic the competition. One. We got the one Aubrey and the one sister. Did you not see the montages? <laughs> Teamwork. Teamwork. Oh, you want they me to do really that? Good at what makes I give you music. Rise above it. <laughs> That's a good one. But anyway, Brittany, I, I, I fully it. agree. It's got to be a bobsled. Oh, well, I will Both. still tell you all what, what my suggestion is, even all though right. clearly I've Let's already been outvoted, which is really what happened most of my childhood for our uh, listeners, just so you know. If there's um, anyone that listens to this <laughs> podcast that is a counselor, she really needs some help or, or, or a middle or child or syndrome. A, they a, a, have access been, to a, a team of counselors. They <laughs> have been ganging up on me for literal decades. Um, okay. Brittany would leverage her cuteness. Oh, I'm the baby. I'm manipulating everybody. And Arby's nope. like, oh, I'm the oldest. I have a ton of credibility. Look at me. And there I was alone. Alone. Okay. Uh, and we also put out there. She was the out. least likely to get in trouble. Why? Because she didn't do anything but read books. <laughs> you're, you're missing the point. Yeah. The yeah. point is, yeah. y'all yeah. have been ganging up on me. We know what's going on. Here's my idea, y'all. In the pre-show, okay, when we were in the green room getting ready to start this recording, we had a little dispute. <laughs> I want. I didn't get the music fast enough, but I was trying to get the music for your story. Actually, that, that that's sounds right. My, that's so you want to tell us more about your child? Yeah, that music does capture the melancholy, okay? Of the iso- that's the isolation, okay? Of being abandoned by your siblings. <laughs> time and time again when it was convenient for them, which was truly thematically the story of my childhood. Oh my gosh, thematically. All right. So what? Yes, Brittany, put it down. <laughs> During the pre-show, we were all, all three of us had a slightly different like take on the chant that the bobsledders were doing. Um, so we, we figured out that it is fill the rhythm, fill the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. Yes. The one that I said from the beginning. <laughs> Okay. Congratulations, bro. Congratulations. Okay. Me and Brittany were slightly just a skosh off by a word or two. Okay. But that's what it is. But I, <laughs> I like the idea of the chant as a voting symbol. And here's why. Here's why. Okay. Because guess what? In all of our variations, what did you what what was actually happening? Okay. Our personalities were coming through. All right. And that's really what the chant was about. Don't you remember? It was when they reclaimed their identities and they found their confidence that they went out there and they get they gave that chant right before they, they hopped into that bobsled as they were about to, to do a, a potentially medal winning um, oh my gosh. race down the pike. OK, Janai, if you can explain how a chant could be a symbol. <laughs> it's, it's a couple of it's a words. It's words, bro. It's right. words. 
Listen, but, but anyway, that's just something we we'll put in the pocket. You did not disappoint, even though you were <laughs> last minute. You still not did not disappoint. And my question is, how were both of you saying the chant wrong for thirty years? Well, no, I think that in this moment. I was having some sort of Freudian slip almost. Gotcha. Like, because gotcha. I know I've been saying it right. That's when you said rhyme. I was like, it is rhyme. Okay, I was gotcha. saying, feel the rhythm, feel the ride. Because the very first time that we heard the chant, um, it was Sanka was saying it while he was about to do a push cart on the, like a, in the, um, a derby that he was having in Jamaica. And so ride always made sense to me. But, but, I, I understand now <laughs> that it is rhyme, but I do believe I've been saying it wrong for 30 years. <laughs> I Please. think that's actually what's happened. I don't think I ever had it well, right. Well, no, we got to correct it. So it's yeah. all good. Yeah. All right. But it's a well, bobsled. It's a bobsled. Right. Fine. Well, fine. Let's just go with that very obvious symbol. Um, <laughs> and y'all, this movie. At the, end of, our discussion, <laughs> at the end of our discussion, <laughs> it will get zero, one, two, or three bobsleds. And it has to receive three in order to be considered a classic from the right perspective. Well, y'all, let's get into the recap, okay? And for those who are new to our podcast, we do a spoiler-filled recap. And we do it because some people haven't seen our content in a while, and some people haven't seen it at all, but they still want to enjoy the podcast. So hashtag spoiler alert. All right, let's recap Cool Runnings. Our story starts in Jamaica in 1987. A group of three men, Doree Spanik, Junior Bevel, and Yul Brenner, runners that have obviously been training very seriously for a long time, they missed their chance to qualify for the 1998, I'm sorry, 1988 Summer Olympics when one of them, Junior, trips during the qualifying race, tripping the other two. Okay, the three men didn't know each other at the time, but their fates became linked in that moment. Darice Bannock, played by Leon Robinson, usually he goes by Leon, is devastated by the incident. And, you know, he felt it was his destiny to follow in his father's footsteps. His father had been an Olympic runner. And reflecting on his father's journey, he learns that back in the day, his father had actually been approached by an American guy named Irv Blitzer, played by John Candy, about the idea of starring, uh, of starting a Jamaican bobsled team composed of sprinters runners. It never happened, but it turns out that Irv was still in Jamaica. He had been a gold medal bobsledder himself in America until his medals were taken away from him for cheating in the Olympics. He had put weights in the front of his bobsled to make it go faster. He had moved to Jamaica in disgrace and he had left bobsledding behind him and he had become a bookie in Jamaica. And generally, I would just say he was not thriving in any way, shape or form. OK, uh, Doris wants well. <laughs> at all. Doris wants to go to the Olympics so badly that he convinces Irv to partner with him to implement this idea of creating a Jamaican bobsled team with only three months until the Olympics. Irv reluctantly agrees, and they recruit the other two runners, Junior Bevel, played by Raul Lewis, a rich kid with parents that want to control his life, and Yul Brenner, played by Malik Yoba. Hey. 
<laughs> a loner that just wants to get out of Jamaica. Okay. And also they recruit Senka Coffee, played by Dougie Doug, uh, who is who is um Darice's best friend. And he happens to be the go-kart champion of Jamaica. <laughs> and through a series of montages and to Irv's surprise, the team actually becomes very good. In spite of their makeshift bobsled that looks like it was made from spare car parts, okay? And in spite of the fact that they do their cold weather conditioning by sitting inside an ice cream truck, <laughs> and in spite of the fact that they have to fundraise for their team by singing on the streets and selling Junior's car, they not only go to the 1988 Olympics in Canada, in Canada but they are contenders for a medal. Irv uses their meager budget to get professional uniforms and a very, comma, very used bobsled. And they are so excited. And, you know, their unlikely friendships are growing. And then their friends and family back in Jamaica are excitedly watching the news coverage of their time in Canada leading up to the big races. But as usual, hate is going to hate. Who are the haters in this movie? Great question. Listen, they wasn't in the dancery. I tell you that. <laughs> I wish they had gone over there. Listen, instead, go to the dancery. Instead, they're over here at the Olympic Village, okay? The Jamaica Olympic Association, uh, they're afraid of being embarrassed, okay? So they're not optimistic here, okay? The other bobsled teams from around the world are going out of their way to show the Jamaican team that they are out of place. OK, the American Olympic team and the International Olympic Association, they are resentful of Irv for his cheating uh, back in the past. And they're taking it out on Doris Senka, Yule and Junior. And Junior's father actually brings himself all the way up to Canada from Jamaica to tell Junior to withdraw from the team and go take a traditional job. But the truth is. The biggest hater of all is probably the self-doubt that creeps in periodically to distract and discourage each of them. Mm. Okay. But then with the help of above it. <laughs> but then with the help of another montage, they remember that the only thing that matters <laughs> is that they be true to themselves and that they do their very best. Then the other haters start to come around too. Even the sports commentators for the Olympics are wearing Jamaica sweatshirts. On their third and final run of the Olympic Games, as they are killing it on the pike, a bolt on their bobsled comes loose and they lose control and the bobsled flips on its side while momentum drags them down the pike with their helmets scraping against the icy wall. They weren't seriously injured, but their hope of any medal in that Olympics was gone. Okay, completely gone. But determined to finish the race, they hoist the bobsled up on their shoulders and they walk across the finish line to the applause of fans around the world who were simultaneously thinking, we'll see you in four years, Jamaica. We'll see you in four years. <laughs> the end. I love, I love your ending. <laughs> that, that, you said that ending like yes. it should have been in the script. <laughs> That's what they were all thinking. It was. It that's was. what. That's what he said. That's what Switzerland said to them. Yes, the Switzerland right. main guy, the he main hater. See you in four years, Jimmy. Oh my God, he his was character such... was embodying the hatred. But that that was. <laughs> Are we getting into it now? Too? Let's go. Get... Do it. That was. That was such a good part of the movie. I miss those nineties 
evil characters. Because, like, <laughs> they were these so rules were evil. so simple back then. It was just, and you know, when he, when he was in the bar, he was like, hey, Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't Bob you leave the to Bob the to the real man? It was just so perfect. And the fact, though, that he told him to quiet down in a bar, I was like, I feel like there's music, all kinds of things going on. Yeah. Brittany, you think like, it's too hard? You think it's too hard? No, I'm just, I'm just laughing. Like these are the things that those type of characters used to do in the '90s. It would be just something that's like yes. quiet, yeah. but like everyone is yelling, and it's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you're going out of your way to just be mad at him right now. Totally, like, you're such a bully. So you're for you're no mad for no it was reason. Just so mean. And that's all. And I, I just there was. No, there's no gray area. And look, I know movies are great where you're getting into anti-heroes, but I, I just miss that. No, this is the bad guy. This is the good guy. It's very simple. Yes, and, and good and bad guys can become good guys. You just have to give them time sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and usually the bad guy, they can become a good guy by learning from the good guy. They learn <laughs> valuable lessons. Yes. You know what else is so effective in movies of that time is a good pep talk. And in that same scene, you know, you know, we see Junior getting, you know, yes. all bullied by the this the, the the guys from the Swiss team. You, you probably should explain this, like explain the scene. Like yeah. ju- ju- Junior is lamenting to uh Yule about just you know, his, his problems and Junior, Because Junior is very sheltered. He's very sheltered. He has been under the thumb of his parents in every single way. And what we learn about about Junior's father is that he is a self-made man, okay? Mm-hmm. He started in, he grew up um, living in a shanty and then somehow he now owns one of the largest homes in Jamaica. So mm-hmm. this is a man that has used grit to 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 become successful and he wants his son to be the beneficiary of that success in the way that he wants him to be the beneficiary and so they have like tolerated junior wanting to be an athlete but they're like no you're about to be a broker of some well, but they didn't say what I, he I, was going to make it investment broker be, uh, i thought it was a law firm webster webster and cohen yeah they want him to go and do this traditional path. And and Junior, you know, he 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 doesn't have the 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 um the chutzpah. He doesn't have the courage, he doesn't have the fortitude to stand up for them because he never has. And so we see him as a person who who's been bullied, obviously, by everyone his entire life. He's a pushover. Okay. And so here he is now in a scenario he's been in a bajillion times before, including in his own home, where he's being bullied. But this time it is by the Swiss team. But guess who's with him in that moment? It is the Malik Yoba character, Yul Brenner, who is a bully. Let's just be he honest. Is. Okay? He's the enforcer. He is. That's the enforcer. He's a loner. He even shaped his mouth at some point to say, I'm going to be on the team with you, but I'm not a member of this team or something <laughs> along those lines. Like, I'll be with you on the team, but I'm not in the team or something. It was like, and sir. And he didn't want anyone to touch him. That's how you started yeah, off. <laughs> Don't touch me. And so <laughs> these, two, these two extremes and personalities, super loner, very overly independent, very, you know, defensive 
offensive. And then this like timid bullied all the time. They start to become friends over through montage. They start to, the gap starts to lessen between the two of them. And so here we see Yule Brenner watching his new friend get bullied. The two of them go in the bathroom and Yule Brenner says to him. No, no, no. You need to be clear. Yule Brenner picks him up <laughs> off of the chair and forces him into the bathroom. Basically carries him. <laughs> Basically <laughs> carries him. <laughs> but says, I don't want to misquote what happens once they go in the bathroom. Oh. So Yule Brenner carries Junior into the bathroom. Know. Okay. And proceeds to give the perfect 90s pep talk. Give it to I see sip. pride. I, I see, see power. power. <laughs> I see a bad mother who won't take nothing <laughs> off of nobody. <laughs> you know, it was so it was so crazy. Is that I really thought I was gonna feel like it was corny. You know, like I, I felt like I. But honestly, it pumped me up just like ninety three you know like like sure. it, it, it was still, i don't know it's still because him watching when, 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 when junior gets it and he's it's like, so I cute right, power, i see a bad so so yo renner comes up junior junior's now ready to go with because because he, he he has so much pent up i have just been taking it my whole life and so when and you guys like, also what you don't know is that he had just received a telegram from his father telling him he needs to pack up and come home and then there then it comes to this bar scene so he and the like, Swiss are bullying him exactly and there's a little bit of alcohol involved okay so that always does a little something to the scenes as well uh, but, <laughs> but that's a part of it and he comes storming he comes storming junior comes storming out that bathroom because he now sees pride and power and a bad mother oh you don't take nothing from nobody and he comes out and he confronts the swiss and he he's not even good at it he's not even good at <laughs> he, he did tried, all right for his first time he did he, he tried said, i don't like what you it's like you know and you better come up with a a pretty damn good apology <laughs> <laughs> And That's right, you, Junior. Yeah, and he's like shorter than the guy too. It's like you're not you're not doing a great job, Junior. But he really tried and, and caught Yul Brenner off guard too because Yul was like, "Where's he going?" He's the bathroom. And long story short, it sets off a fight scene in the bar. Um, wait, wait, and that was the cement. That was the final cement. And, and you know that's of their the, friendship uh, of their friendship, right. bro. That's right. Final submitted or friendship. And I, and I really liked how the um, the story arcs all make sense. It's like, mm. you know, you got this guy because Yul Brenner was this loner and he was forced to team up with them because getting off the island was most important, important. to him. And even though he was justifiably upset with junior you know stuff like that oh, and like, you know um mm. and the thing was is right preceding the scene where the and we're kind of doing this backwards but but right preceding the scene where he, where junior got the telegram and where um they have the fight in the bar it was a scene where yule uh was talking about his hopes and dreams and he yeah. was talking about, you know, he had this picture of this place where he was going to live. Buckingham and the picture Palace. was of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> and Seika 
Of course, I'm not, Sika's not mean, but he's, you know, he's Sika, He's a jokester. You know, he's he's a, a jokester. So, and plus, Yule has been bothering everybody, you know, up, up to this point. So, Sika's always going to jab back. And he was like, man, that's, you know, that's the only way you get there is if you marry the queen. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, that speech, and the junior was in the room as well. And he gave Yule the speech that, look, hey, man, don't listen to these haters. Hey, look, if you want a palace, go get your palace. Yeah. And it was just crazy. And that's where that. we learn about um, his father. Right. And that's yeah. where we learn yeah. even more backstory. Because uh, 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 he explains, my father came for nothing. And now he has one of the biggest houses in Kingston. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and so the, the friendships don't just fall out of, you know, anywhere. It's like, I yes. like how, even though it's a shorter movie and they don't spend a long time because all you need is a few, uh, you know, a, a specific uh, uh, moments that is going to make 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 the friendships make sense. So over the movie, you feel that. Yes. Friendship. Yeah, you growing. do. You do. And part of it is that, you know, I think when a character as an individual is well developed and well understood by the audience, then when two characters come together, you can bring your understanding of the individual characters into yes. understanding yep. how the relationship can build. Yes. And so I think about the way that they helped us to understand Junior's character. You know, we got a chance to see him in his pampered home. We got a chance to see him being bossed around by his dad yeah. a little bit. We got a chance to see him rebelling um, in his way against what his parents were trying to, to, to you know, project onto him by doing things like selling his car to help fund the bubs, the bobsledders. We also got a chance to see his character because he knew that he was the reason that the, that Darice and Yul Brenner had not had a chance to even run their race. He tripped, junior trip. Yeah. And so he knew that he needed to, to, to come into the, into this bobsled team with a level of humility, um, you know, as a result of that circumstance. At the same time, we understand Yul Brenner's character very well because when we first meet him before he has said anything we see him on the track ton of bravado you know he's got this like very much his head. Smacking his head, yeah. yes, he's like a, like a ww F character. Is it WW? Three W's yes, F yes. character. No, you're right. You got to write. Keep going. Just keep yeah. Going. yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, he's like this big, you know, intimidating character. He's immediately, you can see he's a loner. And every single time we meet him in, the, in that character building part of us getting to know him, he is showing us that he's a loner. He's showing us how angry he is um, at Junior. And he's showing us um, how much he wants to get out of Jamaica. This is something we learn very early about him. So then when those two start to come together, we understand what they are overcoming to get to that relationship. And so just to your point, bro, about like how authentic the relationship building felt, I think it it speaks to the the character development. And your Brenner's character in the beginning when you're meeting him and you're listening, he has lines at this point. He's his main thing is don't touch me. 
Yeah. And it's like, you know, but by the end of the movie, he is the one hugging everyone the most. Yep. He's hugging strangers. He even kisses Senka's lucky egg. Yep. And so Senka is definitely the comedic relief throughout the entire movie. What is it? Dougie Doug? Mm-hmm. Is it right? Mm-hmm. He did such a great job. He did. Now, does it, does like, it still make you laugh? It did. Because I was just like, you are just this. You have you own a store, but simultaneously still seem a little shiftless. Like I don't, <laughs> and but he's like That's this, Jamaica, baby. He's, he's this loyal Everything friend. Is Irie. <laughs> he is this loyal friend that he is like. Um, I will. He they live on an island where there's no snow and ice, and he's willing to go with his best friend Darice to. Canada, where there is only snow and ice at this point, but they're going up there as as not a he is not an athlete at all. While the other parts during the montages, you see all of them, Yule, Darice, um, Yule uh, and uh, Junior, they're all starting to gain their strength. They're pulling themselves up. Senka never finds strength. Senka is continually weak through the whole movie. <laughs> but he is he got so- a little strength. He has little, but it's just so it's so funny just but to you, watch him. You know what Senka brings? What he what he ends up bringing is he is he's very much. I would say like Darius was the focus of the team. He was that focused energy, that 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 determination. But Sanka was the heart. Because Absolutely. at the end, when they were struggling with identity, yes, yeah, Sanka, you're physically clearly not an athlete. <laughs> clearly, you you can't do a pull up. You're like a stick. You're, right. you're, you're a walking stick. But um, when it came time to the mind, getting into the right mindset for the for the work that they had to do to win, it was Sanka that basically said, y'all, we have to remember who we are. Where'd we're here feeling like imposters. And so we're acting like imposters. We just have to be. And I'm paraphrasing. He, he said we have to be ourselves, you know. And so, yeah, he had he was not a physical specimen that uh-uh. Could sit next to Darice and Yule and Junior. And none of them. None. But he he was the heart, you know? He was. And he, the others, because he was authentically staying Jamaica. While everybody else might have been trying to get off the island, he was like, and I brought the island with me. And he had a hot plate. He was making some plantain. Everybody else maybe had regular luggage, a little little duffel bag. No, no. He had a a bag that was, had Jamaican, uh, like, you know, the type of things that you would see in like a souvenir shop almost. Like he had that type of stuff with him. He had his Jamaican hat on. He he, he was no doubt Jamaican. He was was like, I'm not playing with y'all. He was like, I'm going to stay me wherever I go. And also what I appreciated about him during the bar scene, Senka didn't know anything that had just happened. All he knows is that he saw Yule and Junior in a fight and he was like, I got to go jump in there with my boys. And just he just jumped li- in. And he literally jumped in. <laughs> so it's like, Senka, you're about to get beat up. And he knows he's about to get beat up because as we discussed, he has no strength. Yeah. But he just knew he is all in it for his team the, because those became his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, something I want to bring up uh, is like Irv Blitzer, John Candy's character. I know that a lot of times in these movies, when there is this white character, they become the white savior in these movies. And I just didn't feel that at any point in this movie. 
Like I didn't feel like he was, you know, I'm the reason that this is happening. No, this was a man who was down on his luck. He needed the Jamaican bobsled team as much as they needed him. They needed his expertise, his experience, his history, and a little bit of his name, not much of it. Just a not little much. bit of it. <laughs> uh, but he, they also, and his connections, because that's how they got us to get, because they got to Calgary. They didn't have a sled when they got to Canada. Um, so, and you need that if you're going to participate. And so him having his connections with some old friends that he used to um, work with in bobsledding, he was able to get that. So I just really appreciated seeing his character develop as well. Um, and who, him being someone who was quite selfish uh, because he want you know, that kind of him building up and being like, he put weights in the front of the thing. He just wanted to win so bad and all these different things. And now he, he brought shame to his country and his coach and all these different things. And now to see him walking into a room where you all have to know they were moving the bar for the Jamaican team. At one point, it was a one five that you had to run to qualify um, to, to race to qualify. Then it went down to one two. But by the time that it was time for the Jamaicans night to do their run, it went down to a minute flat. And so they're constantly moving the bar. And so then when they got in under a minute flat, they then wrote a letter and said, oh, no, you can't do it because uh, you have to have ran. You have previously in an olympic uh no, trial in, in an international international, in international race. race in an international race and they and Ken, john kenny was like that's impossible normally the qualifiers used to be that that was your international race They're like oh well we changed and the only reason that things were changing because they were angry with him mm-hmm. and so he was able to it have was this two con- things though since they were angry with him but also there was a little bit of not wanting jamaica in the space absolutely there was a, there was a layer of that and they i think did. the movie did a good job of holding like that complexity of like there was absolutely. some racism involved but it yeah. was also it was personal as well about it was personal and it was racist <laughs> but and they didn't do anything overtly like oh they're using n-words in this movie or anything like that they didn't do that but they did make sure to show listen they are all outsiders everybody out here is white men and here y'all are coming up here all these bright colors (laughs) of four black men with this one plus as a white man that no one likes like it was really just this i I just appreciated that part yeah i did i I didn't I I felt like they didn't want Jamaica there, but it was more because that's not a place that has winter sports. On some levels, I almost kind of felt that on on some levels, because it's like we are like we do this. This is, you know, we it's cold all year round where I'm from. (laughs) I slide on ice to get coffee. You think you're just going (laughs) to uh mosey up in and just all of a sudden you on my what your palm well, tree. What, I, what, what I appreciated though was like the um the international olympic committee which so they don't just govern winter sports you yeah. know it was that committee that was changing the rules to keep Jamaica out. Yep. And and they made sure to show us that that whole committee was white men. There wasn't even a woman in that room. That whole committee was white men. And, um, you know, and all of the bobsledders, very, very white, you know, areas. And, um, 
And so I felt like they were, you know, being intentional about showing that there is also um, cultures getting boxed in and out of certain things. And I actually really appreciated that because this is one of those things where it's like, you, you, you want to think of the Olympics as a place that is it, like it, it, it is a paradigm. It's, a, it's that the is Olympics. A, All the whole world can be able to come. Totally. And it's and supposed to be a country. That's it. It's supposed to be about um, every country showing up in the best way that they can. And it's supposed to be, let's set all differences aside. This is just about the sports. And somehow these other things have started, we're showing up as factors. And I appreciated that because it was like, that's, that's real life. You know, we can never, we, you even see on the news how they, they are, you know, years and years and years in advance fighting over who will host the Olympics. These things are deeply political and we don't think of them that way. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was one of those great nineties movie kind of ways of showing you, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. There's something going on here. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could see, I could, I could definitely see it was cultural. It just didn't feel racist to me at all. They, like, like it, it would to me, it felt like if they were. I mean, it's it's hard to think of a, a non-melanated person from a you know a hot, a hot climate. <laughs> but I'm saying, I feel you know like what? I feel you like that me. person, that group would have got the same. Pro- would have had the same problems because for me it felt more like and I and I, I liked the fact that yes they were jerks but I also liked that I could kind of empathize with them in a, in a way because this is like like yo because because the other thing was as soon as they showed themselves respectable they all switched like that like like they, they, they if it was themselves. about if they still were black so if it was about racism they wouldn't have come around it, to me it was just more like like yo we are the elite athletes and you just think you're going to come and pass and in three months compete with us i'm offended you know what i mean like that's how that that's that's how i felt but i i, I, could, I, I could see that but the other side of it was like y'all are not even giving them a chance to fail like at least give them a chance to come here That's and the do thing. If you're good. Just go through the process. But I think that Yul Brenner, he said it whenever they were noticing. Of course, all eyes were on them. He was like, "We're different. People don't like what's different." Mm-mm. And so he, it was. It was just that in that statement that they were able to show, like, "Yeah, you are coming, and you are." And there's a fear too, right? Like if you can get into their minds, like. This thing that we're holding, yeah. There's this fear of like, what if they do come in and they do well? Okay, well, what does that mean at this point, right? Like, they're they're coming in and they're, you know, know my daughter, these other places, like, you know, what what it reminds me of. It reminds me of there was an experience I had of walking in to go, um, my an organization I was, uh, you know leading finance and operations for, um, we had just picked a new investment advisor and I, and my vice president of finance who reported into me a white guy, the two, two of us went to go visit this new financial advisor. And they immediately were assuming that my direct report was the superior out of the two of us. 
we just, just out of just looking at us and saying hello, they started deferring to him. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, it's that whole concept of your, your, it's like uh-uh, that guilty that story. Well, the, no, I want them, I want them to hear the whole story because he had, cause they asked him a definitive question and then they had to, he had to go, well, she's my boss. So you have to yeah. ask. Listen, I mean, well, the truth is, the truth is that, that my VP of finance, the guy is awesome. And he showed up in exactly the way you would want a white ally to show up where he just stated the facts of the situation. This is our CFO. You know, and we we had a great partnership, he and I. We're still good in good relationship, you know, and and you know, and that could have gone another way. You know, our dynamic could have been different, but we had a positive dynamic. And so within um a few minutes, we had set the record straight about who was who in the room. Um, but of course, there I am now having to feel this pressure of having to prove myself to just be who I am. You know, and um, so that whole people respect them after they prove themselves. This is very frustrating because there are other people who get to just walk in the room and get the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like that. Um, you know how we always say, like in America, whiteness is innocent until proven guilty, but blackness is guilty until proven innocent. It's the same thing with qualifications in the workplace. White people can have, um, you know, people will automatically assume that they're qualified and that they belong in the space. And then as a person of color, you're having to show that you can do what it is you've been, ta- you've been hired to do. But this is, this is in the workplace. Which though. leads to migraine headaches, gaining weight. All I know, it's if so t- it, it's, it's exhausting. I, all I know, if it was me, and I was doing something my whole life. And I'm, I am the elite of the elite. I am in the Olympics. I'm the top. And then you didn't even have a team a week ago. And you're up here with me. All I'm saying is, is that I feel. So, so then you feel, but that you don't they, even, so then you would feel the same way if they would have like, if Switzerland would have been in like track and field. Because I, I don't is snow. That is a beautiful, of, that's a beautiful example. I don't think it was like for me, I just didn't feel nothing to it, it wasn't about race. It was about like culture. In, in it was about it, it was about like if if you the same thing, like it, let's use that as an example. Like, like you got these dudes who've been uh, who are track runners, right? They're running their whole, I mean, how hard you got to work for those nine seconds. And then these dudes, their bobsled broke. So now all of a sudden they show up at the track. It's just like, what, who do you think you are? Like I've been working but for why, this. Why does that, but why does that offend you if the, if the fastest person wins? That's the thing. It's like, I, I, I don't know how you can just be offended well, I, by the I, presence just, of I, someone I, if I, you're I, in a competition. Yes, those, those would be but, very well adjusted athletes who are sitting there and saying, well, you I'm know the what? Best, so I'm going to win. End, I don't care the about the these day, interlopers. At the end of the day, uh, you know, the fastest person, <laughs> but yes. guess what? This is the real world. That's not how athletes roll. Athletes are, they are aggressive people. That's what they do. That's, that's, that's how they are. Like when you, when you see that they're the biggest, they're the strongest, they're the fastest. That is part of their nature to just, they're competitive. 
That's what. That's part of what they are. <laughs> well, you know, so, I think, I think, I think so, you think yeah, this I, horse dead. You know, and oh, yeah, I think, but, well, but, 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 I think but, we have to agree to disagree because, bro, it's like anytime we subtract race from a dynamic, when 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 racism is such a, a fundamental construct of the way nationality exists in mm-hmm. every country in this world, I mean, I I'm going to struggle. I'm never going to say that athletic mindset will will can exist separate from the the way that we are socialized into race. I just I I'm not I can't I can't they can't be separated from my I perspective. I think Irv Blister said it best. I think he said it best when he was in the room. <laughs> he said it best when they was in the room. He was like he said mm. I, he was like, I didn't know four black guys in a bobsled could make you blush. <laughs> John Candy said that. John so Candy. Good. Uh, and he, and that, the urban that he they like, called it out. Totally. And I really liked, I really liked, Brittany, before we get off that, I really liked his character in the sense of, um, I like that a lot of times, because this is a feel-good movie, and a lot of times mm-hmm. in the feel-good movies, they will get away from, um, like, uh, uh, okay, so for example, it would be like, yes, he put these weights in the front, but what happened was is his grandmother put a bet on the, t- you know, it'll be something where they justify. <laughs> and it was the whole you know, company. Right, exactly, exactly. Where, and, <laughs> and it's like, that's what I'm saying. It was like, no, this joker just wanted to win. That's right, and they, and they let it sit in that. It was, it was so just good. like. That was, that was really they, good, good, good storytelling. Yeah, they let it just sit like, look, and it wasn't really redemption over that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it wasn't even that they forgave him necessarily. It was more that he just went up because, like Brittany said, when they changed the um, qualifications again, now they're disqualified again. And when he went up there, he just made the point that y'all are hating me so much that you're missing the point of why you're hating me. Like, like you're hating me because I, I wasn't sportsman-like. And it, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But now you're doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever, like, explicitly forgave him or even said, it's like, yeah, that right. was, but we're just not going to punish these, these guys. These guys. Because of your legacy. Because of your. Yeah. And, they, you know, they earned the right to re- to carry the flag the of that's their, right. their, that's their right. country. Yeah, so, that's right. And so I was I, like, yes, that's it right there. They earned yeah. the right to represent their country. Like, this is what it's about. That. They did what I, you asked. They did it. They everything did what you asked. asked. With you moving the bar. Yes. Everything. And they did it in outfits that didn't match when they first started. <laughs> they didn't have matching outfits, okay? There was something happening there. And so it was just to, to, to hear him go to, to bat for them. But also with that being said, I want to make sure we don't miss out on talking about Darice's character. If it wasn't for Darius's persistence and his positive attitude, mm-hmm. and honestly, something that my sister and I talk about often, manifesting, he manifested that bobsled team. Yeah, he did. Oh my gosh. They weren't getting any support from <laughs> the Olympic <laughs> office right. in Jamaica. And he was like, like, we'll well, find the money. Our principal we'll was like, well, I, you know, like, basically, you know, like, we're done here. Do you know what I mean? He was like, just give up me and like, anything to you. Not to me. 
Not a thing, baby. I like, and I just yeah, love, man, I love that because, <laughs> man, it's just like, you, you doesn't, you, it doesn't even occur. Like when you're on a yeah, path. Because that's the winner mentality. Are, it is. Stopping doesn't occur to you. You're just like, I'm, I don't know how to not keep going. Like, I, I'm just going to keep going. I, I don't know. And you're right. His, his character was serious. Yes. Yeah. And it's great because he was a teacher. Um, so it was like, because his wife was like, you have, tell him like, you have papers to grade. And he was about to go out running again. You could tell that even though he was living life and making sure he was handling responsibilities and all these different things, he never lost his passion. Nope. And I think that that's something that is so important to remember because the American dream, which is something since we grew up here, like that's our frame of reference. When you You are trying to attain this life, you can let things that you love, passions, things that you're Mm. so good, you can let it Mm. just take you away from it. But even in him being a teacher and needing to do those things, it didn't. He was making sure he was running. And I loved that he had the support of his wife. She was so supportive of all the things that he was doing. When he was sad, she felt it like really showing it was it, this, of course, wasn't a rom com or anything, that was, but showing that but, but, bit of love story off, that was happening right that, there for that them. Was, that, yeah. was actually, that was actually that was so beautiful. This is not a complaint. The funny relationship. Oh, I kind of would oh, yeah. like to see in a little more of that between them. Like, I, I would have liked to see their relationship fleshed out a little more. She didn't feel as significant. In in the movie, as I felt like she should have, she was gorgeous. Sis, do you have her name? Yeah, she was gorgeous, and she she but she was kind of like equivalent to the rest of the community in terms of. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. you know that that was the thing. Like, Bernie, Bertina McCauley played Joy okay. Bannock. Gorgeous, beautiful Bertina hair. McCauley. Yeah, beautiful. Like I just she yeah I I agree I agree with you, bro. Yeah, like like it just it didn't feel it felt like and again I'm not saying. I'm, after watching this for all this time, I'm just saying that was the one thing I was like, well, you know, because like at the end, it could have just been like a phone call or so. I don't know, just something Whoa. To, to, you know. So it's funny that you would say that, though, because I think Janaya brought up a really good point when she just said she seemed more like the community. I want to call that out. I don't know if this was strategic. I don't know how they did this. But I was so happy that they didn't make Jamaica just look like it was this poor, struggling country with no people in it that I like, you know, send send a penny a day to feed the homeless. Like it was it wasn't any situation like that. It showed some people who were working in business offices and some people who were, you know, selling food on the street some people who were walking in the towns and some people who were carrying baskets on their head yeah just showing the diversity of this place and mm-hmm. in my opinion not being disrespectful of it and showing also the beauty the water the trees totally, totally the grass, just oh god just it was just gorgeous and i was like okay y'all did this very nicely i forget which one of y'all said it but Brittany. They, you know, there was a video where excuse me, they were talking about, I think that that is a part I I feel like was very intentional in the sense of um, 
because they said that there was one scene where they were making a, a they were supposed to make a snowman. And then when they were going to, you know, finish the snowman, they were going to put a, a, a blunt in his mouth or, or, you know, make him, make him smoke a weed. And that would have been very lazy, you know, very... Uh, and leaning into a stereotype. Leaning into stereotype yeah, yeah, big time. And, 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 and it actors, seems like they really fought. The yeah, actors fought. rallied. The four actors rallied yeah. and said, we're not doing that. Yeah. That was so... That was so like to think about those being four black men taking a stance and and being very clear on what they're going to do and not do. Mm-hmm. I think that that is so powerful. I'm so happy. Well, you what, what that I, up, bro. The thing is, it wouldn't I'm even so make sense. It wouldn't make because they're, af- they're, they're athletes. They're not into that. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not what they're doing. Like, like you could just you could just tell. By how they are, like they are athletes. They're the peak athletes in the world. And so to like, qualify for the Olympics, so, you can't do that. And so if we were talking about like the movie How High, okay, that movie is about how high can use, you get? You know, what I mean? so it's like, okay, <laughs> that's that, in the title. That's in the, you know, <laughs> but like, like, why would you want to just, you know, just out of the blue? Like that wouldn't even have made sense. Yeah, like, it's what it, the one it way though, even make sense. the one way though that it seems it sounds like based on um, you know again, Brittany did some great uh, digging to find us some videos that that gave us some great you know trivia yeah. and behind the scenes. They had originally um, the actors were doing very authentic Jamaican accents, mm-hmm. and there was actually a choice um, by the production to make them sound more like Sebastian the Crab from, um, what's the movie with the mermaid? Uh, Ariel. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Mermaid. Yeah. I'm up here calling it. It's Ariel. And like, I'm like the movie with the Little Mermaid in it. What's it called? (laughs) The Little Mermaid. Oh, it's called Um, Crab Movie. (laughs) Exactly. It's called Under the Sea. (laughs) And so that, that, you know, that was one way in which, uh, and so they then did have to start playing into um, an exaggerated, accent um a little bit you know but I, i'll tell can, you can, I, can, I, can i ask y'all like man I, I i'm conflicted when i find out about stuff like that because it's like like i don't want to unknow the information right sure. but at the same time kiss the girl used to be my song yo that used to be my song you know <laughs> like like when we were all, yeah all but it's also it's also it's also a crab that's she animated and singing to versus a story about you, real Janiah. men Thank you. about Thank Jamaica. You, so it's Thank like, you. yeah, let the crab be a little bit of a caricature. Okay. okay? Thank you, Janiah. Thank you. Janiah yeah, just... Some little mermaid. I take with a grain of salt these things that happen mm-hmm. because I know that they have happened. They are currently happening. And they will continue to happen until there is a true shift and change in Hollywood and in these things. And as we are able to write our own narratives and have our own platforms, we don't have to worry about these things as much anymore. 
So I can turn on Netflix and I can turn on the all black app and I can see African movies by African directors with the African cast, with the African writers. Like I can watch that and be and know that I am getting something that more accurate, more authentic, more accurate, more authentic. And so if this was right now, would there maybe have had to been uh, would they have said, no, we're absolutely 1000% not doing that? Probably. But so I, I think when I see the, when I hear those types of facts and stuff about movies, I just go, uh, all right, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised y'all didn't put one, make one of them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm also well, yeah, I didn't make one of the Bob Sutter's white because it was this one white man living on the house. I mean, like, you didn't do that. Okay. The, the, you know, I feel like the, I feel like that Cool Runnings was definitely a success story in the sense of they, and you could tell there's little, you could tell that they probably had to fight to get it to where it was in terms of, because they still had the little joke with Senka, like, what you smoking? You know, like, which was like a little, they were probably like, all right, we got to leave that. You know, like, all right, we'll let that one slide. You know what I'm saying? But like, so I'm sure there was probably a lot more that got put on the cutting floor. Like, yeah, but I'm just saying, but, but it was so. also retroactive. Like I don't want to not like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, right. like, like I don't. So yeah, like, and you know, with the Little Mermaid, the crab also had a really big bottom lip, and I struggled with that until I saw that they had because you know sometimes Disney will make the animated character look kind of like the voice actor, right. and so they had actually like picked up some facial features from the voice actor because yeah. I always struggled with the way the crab like he had a larger bottom lip, and I was like, really? what's that That's about? Yeah, <laughs> but that was actually like yeah, very handsome guy, yeah. but he did don't, have like a, a bigger bottom lip. This is another reason why no, I'll say it's just. Don't don't ruin my favorite Disney movie because that movie makes no sense, okay? She goes and she, she's trying to become human for some man and we know that that's a patriarchy and she can't talk, which is every man's fantasy. That if it's not on talk. the list. We gotta get some more Disney on there. We need to put that one there along with Lion King. Well, let we me... Have, we have a lot to talk about. And Aubrey, you're not going to stop me from talking about those nuances when we talk to those movies. You're not gonna be able to stop me. I'm going to. I'm just. She's very emotional for a future conversation. (laughs) It's she's emotional in advance. (laughs) Giving us a nice hold screen. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So I could drop out with the Little Mermaid conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll come. What did y'all try to do? Y'all tried to hate on Sandra D. That's what y'all tried to do. So we're not going to do that again. Okay. You want to kiss the. Okay. You all want to know what Brittany is talking about, about Sandra D. You have to go back and, and take, you know, take in our podcast that is about the movie Grease. So you can understand the context for Brittany's comment. The musical. But y'all, before <laughs> before we leave this topic of the casting and the uh-huh. actors, y'all, uh-huh. um, I wanted to just further celebrate John Candy's performance. You know, when you think of John Candy, you think of him as a comedic actor. And um, what he, his performance in this movie, it, it shows you what it takes to be an iconic comedic actor, okay? Because he could do that deadpan funny. It was it was 
It was flawless. His performance to me was wonderful. And then when he needed to get into a dramatic moment, when he needed to be inspirational, when he needed to be in his own brokenness in terms of where life had taken him, he was able to go there. But yeah, Yeah. he also had lines that actually made me laugh out loud. And so I was so grateful for his performance. And it turns out that he was on their original dream cast list. Um, They wanted him and he actually took a pay cut for the film. That is how much he liked the character. Um, And there were uh, some other actors that um, Disney had actually envisioned for the original cast, including Denzel Washington uh, as Doris, Eddie Murphy as Sanka, Wesley Snipes as Jill Brenner, Marlon Wayans as Junior, okay? And those other actors, they passed. You know, and for some of them, it was at least because of the money. I don't know if it was for all, but I found that there were a couple that passed because of the money. Um, So they actually were somewhere between their B and C level roster by the time they got to the the set of of, um, the key, the key bobsled team members. And I got to tell you, I got these actors. They, to me, felt very, very, very well suited for each of their roles. It works. They did great. I, they, they did it great. Works. And I, I'm always the one you that's can't like, argue with the universe when the universe is going do it for you. You might be letter D on the list, and all of a sudden A through C can't do it. And it's like, oh, thank you. Totally, totally. <laughs> I, I thought they, it. I thought the casting was was very good. You know, and the you thing know about I, I, before you jump off that, I I, I just want to. I don't want you to leave that point because it also worked because John Candy was the most famous. It gave the movie the feel of what they were trying to put across mm. because in, in the movie, he was the famous one. They were mm-hmm. the, the, so it's like, mm. it translated very well to these four unknowns versus, you know, playing against someone who was already established yes yes and they all did stuff afterwards except the um junior character i i don't know if he did anything maybe american anymore i mean ducky dog and of of course with lee yoba but i I don't think the other two did anything leon leon is a musician lee but leon did a ton of movies like the temptations uh waited to exhale like he oh, yeah. is I, not I like oh, oh, well, I'm, putting, I'm putting those in the list next to little mermaid i mean i can't wait to hear Arby talk about waiting to exhale um so <laughs> yeah, my, like eyes, my, so my eyes are say, pre-rolled <laughs> i would say that in terms of black Haters, cinema, just like the swiss can't even give it a chance so, like you. the swiss uh so not the real <laughs> swiss the swiss characters in this movie Exactly. That, yes. was real, uh, that, was, that was a real middle child of you to <laughs> start to say agree to disagree. But you know but what, then later Swiss, on in the conversation, throw another it, little song. It wasn't All the my life that middle child of you. It All wasn't the Swiss that was hating on them. It was the Germans that were hating on them. The East Germans, right? It was the East Germans that were hating on them. You right. The East you Germans right. came around at the end. Um, it was the Swiss they were All imitating because the Reese. Here he Why is with Jamaica talking about survive. Sir, you ain't never done no German ever in your life. And you up here counting in German I to go down tra- this. What are you doing, sir? But I um 
I forgot. Oh, but they are very, he, they did, he did, Leon did a lot in black cinema. He wasn't necessarily, you know, but I do wonder about the junior character. I didn't really look him up to see if he's done other stuff, but I did see that he is from Trinidad. I, so, looked, I looked them all up because I, I was just curious because, I mean, obviously, you know, Malik Yoba had a, had a pretty big career after that. Y'all, you, you know me and Malik Yoba were married back in the day. Um, when I when remember he was that. On, <laughs> when he was on when he was on New York Undercover, <laughs> he didn't know. Yeah. But I knew. But that, well that normally keeps a marriage successful when one of the parties doesn't know that they're married. Yeah, and, and sometimes you don't have to meet to be a spouse. We need to talk about the soundtrack too. We got to talk about the soundtrack of this movie. I can rise above it. You can do it. Rise above it. Oh, so good. I don't know what he says, but I know the cadence. You got the feel. You got the feel. You got the feel, though. But uh, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, yeah. So there's two songs I would call out. I would I would call out Rise Above It because I feel like that song has stayed with me since seeing this movie because mm. I feel like that's one of those things there are a couple of things from this movie that I know Brittany and I have like integrated into our regular conversation really? oh yeah me and Brittany whatever like <laughs> if one of us is like you trying give to get us in- one random thing and we're going to keep it <laughs> if, if one of us is trying to get our in brother touch with the other allow one. us to use it on them <laughs> but we do anyway we do we, we do, do. We, we do. don't care what he wants and things. We don't care. Who and, cares about um, that? Whenever one of us, if we can't, if we can't get in touch with the other one, or if the other one has had a bad day or a bad experience, we'll say, Darish, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> you're dead. Man. You're dead, man. I'll, I'll send a gift. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. And then Rob's like, yeah, man. You yeah, know, like I'm dead. You know? I'm dead. Yeah. And well, also, I feel like well, Rise that's Above because- it. Rise that's Above because, It is a song that has stayed with me. As an I just want to say song. that's because if you reach out to me, I will respond. Whereas you two decide, well, yes, I'm going to be uncontactable for the next three weeks. And so, yes, it's necessary. Well, I want to let you know, bro, that as listen. an operations professional, okay, what you have to do is just uh, create a service level standard so that it's predictable. That's exactly. all you got to do. And as a social media savant, and as a social media savant, sometimes you have to leave the people wanting more. Makes sense to me. So if I don't pick up immediately, okay. what is it like? Oh, you're on, you're on your toes now. Oh my God, I can't wait for Britain to call me back. It's strategic. So okay. it's okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting you're me. You're welcome. Yeah, just works. a little decoding. Yeah, you know? you're welcome. You know, behind the scenes of Britney and Janaya. Yeah. Now, another song <laughs> that <laughs> is so good from that soundtrack, I can see clearly now. And in particular, that cover, that Jimmy Cliff cover is another song that I feel like has just stayed in my soul. And it's just yeah, if it so wasn't good. for royalties, I pull it up right now. Yeah. So good. So, and, they, and then such, it was also. That's such a good song. And they There's did a great job. Did a great job of keeping and honoring the um, the the Jamaican culture and in the soundtrack. You know, there are a lot of ways they could have gone with that, but I felt like they really did a great job of honoring the culture. And I was shocked because the music producer, it was it was a Hans Zimmer, and I just thought, oh, girl, you ain't know Hans Zimmer be on it. 
Hans Zimmer clearly be on it, but <laughs> Hans Zimmer is also, it. it's one of these things and it's it, back to what Brittany was saying. It happens. Um, I mean, he did the Lion King, you know, but um, it's one of those things that's like, gosh, you are blatantly missing an opportunity for, to, to get authentic voice in, you know? So I don't know, get somebody yeah. from that place. That's all I'm saying. If, if, if culture is so integral to the story you're telling. Get somebody from that place. And I want to shout out this one part that was insignificant, but it was very significant to me because I want you all to know, as I was watching this movie, I was saying the majority of the words. (laughs) Um, I want you to know that the part where Doris at the beginning of the movie was running through the town, through the village, and the two women had baskets on their head. And they said hello to him, but let you know that they know him around the town. They know him around the village. <laughs> and as he ran away, she said, I can watch that backside all day. <laughs> Just like, this is my favorite. I love it. I loved it. You're right. That was very critical to the and movie. I also, <laughs> so that part that they were that play- out. The part that they were playing while the credits were still rolling. Would have right. been a that real very- miss. And also Sinka, called that out. And Sinka's mom. Sinka's mom was the greatest because she did not believe in her son at all. <laughs> she said that lazy, crazy, no good bag of bones. That's what she called him. That's what she called Sinka. <laughs> and then by the dynamic. end of it, when they did, when they were walking across holding their flag, I did not notice. I've watched this movie a million times. I will show you this again. Okay. I've watched this movie a million times. I never noticed her crying. She was crying watching him wave as they were doing the, you know, the famous Olympic walk in carrying the country's flag. Yeah. I was like, oh, she was like proud, proud. Oh, I never noticed her do that. And I also want to say at the end, like I didn't know that it was coming. I cried. I cried. I was like, all they went into is cross the finish line. I was sitting in there crying. I go a lot of y'all. Yeah, I, was I like, go a lot of y'all. It, it rolled up. It, it rolled up a little bit on the. Uh, it, it, it did cross the. Like I was like, I'm emotional right now. I was when, very when, emotional, when, and when, I had when, to. The, the first, the first time that they said the the um, the, when they said their chat, the first time, <laughs> feel the rhythm, feel the ride. It's Boston. I was like, yes, it's Boston. I was feeling it. I keep trying to fail, (laughs) y'all. And listen, and I was watching this with my boyfriend who does not like spoilers. And so when I knew something good was coming, something happy or something sad, I was like a statue. I was trying so hard not to react. But when that last run was about to happen, I got so emotional. I was like, oh God, I can't watch it. <laughs> I was about to say, well, I you totally got the wrong character. girlfriend. Yeah, you do. You're in trouble, buddy. You're in big trouble. You're you did not get your trouble. Your desires were not met in this category. And, and one of the things that they talked about was that the basically the real footage from and one of the videos I found, they were like, the only thing really accurate about this movie was the footage. The snippet, the snippet <laughs> of footage, actual- just a snippet of the footage from the actual race. And because for insurance yeah. purposes, they actually, the um the four actors that played the bobsled team, they never actually went down a pipe. They couldn't even be trained to do it because of insurance for insurance purposes. So the only thing they were even trained to do was to run and hop in. 
So that was the only part of the actual bobsledding process they were even mm. allowed to learn and actually do. That is so crazy. Well, you know, mm-hmm. your bones don't break in a bobsled. They shatter. They shatter. That's what Bob, that's what Irvin said. Yeah. Said. Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about the story. We've talked about the actors. We've talked about the beautiful setting, the music. Um, you know, I, I would love to talk a little bit about the takeaways from this, from this movie, you know, and, and I will say like, bro, you talked about it earlier that, that, that John Candy's character, Irv, he was just living in the consequences of his choices. That's all it was. And um, and what I appreciated about it was that there was something in him that was basically saying, I am committed to, to what we're doing here, but I also am living in my consequences. And he was using that to, to tell the story and to, to coach others. And there was a scene where he was talking with um, Doris and Doris was feeling very insecure and nervous. Do I have what it takes? And, um, and in that moment, you know, Doris is also like, what, what drove you to, to cheat? You know, I'm sitting here asking you for advice as my coach, but you know, your, your morals were in question clearly in the past. And what John Candy basically says to him is if winning is, is all that you are and all that you have, it's never, it's never going to be enough. You have to be complete without it, you know? And so I just, I appreciated that takeaway of even, even that thing, even that thing that is your passion, it can't complete you. You have to be complete in who you are. And all of the rest of this is gravy. Well, we're done here. Let's vote. It's a good takeaway. Shania, you just, <laughs> you, just, so you just connected something that I, has never been connected for me. I don't know if it's been connected for y'all. But that I think that's why Doris said, I got to finish the race. Oh, yeah. Because John Candy said, you'll know whether or not winning is enough for you once you cross the finish line. Absolutely. And right and so, before that last that run, meant, John Candy and Doris lock eyes. And he says to them, I'll see you. I'll see you at the finish line. Yeah, I I never, I never, wow. I never Imagine connected that, that, that. Oh yeah. When he said that, Yo. I thought he was just saying it because it was like, I got to, but yeah. I think it, it was that as well. It was that. But I think it was a callback to their conversation. Absolutely of, it was. Wow, and, was and in the background, that they have good. what's the song? There is but one freedom. <laughs> Been running along. What's the name of that song? I can't remember. Oh gosh. It's, but it's dun, 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 dun. Oh gosh. One step to his throne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have that song, that type of music to come on in the Chariots background. of Fire. No, Chariots of Fire is the movie it's in. It's not the song. Okay. Ah. Listen, yeah. I I think that something for my current life that I've been able to take away is just, it's okay to recreate. Like Mm. he was a track runner. He knew I've been, he's running all the time all around his, his, his neighborhood. He, this is him. This is his dream. He can feel it. And in an instant off of something that had, he had no control over, he tripped and he fell. Mm-hmm. But it didn't stop him because he just recreated himself. You have never, because mm, when he went into the Olympic office asking them to do a redo because of what happened, 
And he was like, well, that is a, he's, you know, just giving the backstory of Irv Blitzer and him still living on the island. Before he walks out, he looks at the man and he said, what's a bobsled? <laughs> it's like, he has no frame of reference for what but it this was a is. Path. It was a path. It was another path to get to what he wanted, which was the Olympics. And so I, I think I'm just in a place in life right now where I am learning that it is okay to recreate and that we're all, we all have many giftings. And while it will, if you trace what you can do, sometimes it'll all come back to one thing, but you're able, but that one thing can sprout to so many things. Like you may be someone that is great at speech and you never thought that that might lead you to be a senator one day. You just knew that you were great at giving speeches. You had no idea you wanted to be in politics, but now all of a sudden you're in politics. So I'm just thinking about those things that, just paying attention to yourself, mm-hmm. being okay with trying something new and recreating yourself and still knowing that your passion can translate to whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and in, and in all of that, be authentic, which was another one of the takeaways. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like there was the Sanka character that basically said, listen, I know that I walk Jamaican, I talk Jamaican, and I sure as hell need to be bobsledding Jamaican. That's it. He was like, whatever else I am, I need to start with who I am fundamentally and then add from there. You know, that's it. so many good takeaways. Good old 90s movies takeaways. Always Mm -hmm. a little bit of public service announcement theme in there. So good. Bro, do you have a big takeaway? We shared ours. That was that epiphany he had earlier. Oh, no, no, it's just. It's just when she was talking about it, I was like, "That's why he was like, I need the." I don't know, just totally connected for me. But but anyway, um, I'm just I. For me, it was more of a feeling of, man, it was just a feel good movie, and I miss those times where they would just try to make an entertaining movie, and that's how movies were. It's like it wasn't. I mean, they have messages that they sprinkled within the framework of course of the of this movie but they weren't beating anybody's head in with any particular message and it was just and i'm you for don't, me, don't love social justice movies <laughs> oh no i'm i am increasingly checking out of all of that like and so the as far as i am forcing those good feelings into other parts of my life and i i, I want to because um, this world will just have you stressed out about things you can't even impact. And I'm just saying, for me, like just being transported to these places where it's like, yo, this is just a good movie. I was just, I just am seeking out those types of experiences in my life where it's just about enjoying this experience that we have um, um, here. Oh, and like, so, I don't, so I don't really have a deep, you know, but I, but I but I can tell you this, I definitely uh, enjoyed the movie a lot. Well, take more take it to the vote, bro. Take it to the vote. Yeah. Natural segue. Yeah, so it um, definitely it gets my um, my uh, bobsled, and I'll tell you that I actually I didn't think it was. I, I didn't think it was the 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 movie didn't make me laugh anymore. Um, the the jokes. I mean, I know them all, but excuse me, they also have like that 90s feel of, of the jokes. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it has that. 
so they didn't make me, they didn't evoke me to, you know, like I didn't, I didn't laugh a lot, but at the same time, I just enjoyed every, all of it. Like it, it, it didn't drag the story made sense. Everything, like all the, all the, you know, things that they brought up had the callbacks that were necessary to wrap up the whole, the whole story. And, and I just thought it was just a really, it will always be part of, you know, uh, 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 my rotation. So definitely um, it, get, it gets my bomb sled. Mm. Well, it, you know, one of the things that I have, the my personal journey that I've been on um, for the last several years is to figure out, um, again, what what kind of day would 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 help me to wake up in the morning and feel very excited and enthusiastic. And it's led me into this journey of exploring comedy writing, you know, of all different types. And I have been so delighted in this part of my personal journey. And, um, what that means is like, when I'm watching something that's like iconic comedy, I'm watching it as a student as well. And so it's from that place that I give this movie my bobsled because I felt like I was watching everything that I've been learning, like in my, like my, Mm. you know, my, my writing classes. Um, I was just watching it all play out so well on the screen. I was watching um, the character arcs. And again, this is like multiple primary characters who were flushed out well enough that we could watch and understand their individual journeys. And, um, and we were able to laugh you know, in a way that um, was not laughing at the movie. We were laughing with the movie. And, um, you know, I just, I felt like it was just a movie that was well done from a comedy perspective, you know? And so, you know, that's the primary reason I'm giving it my bobsled because when I'm looking at it again with an academic, like, examination, it gets an A plus. Mm. And um, one of the things Brittany always uses when she's evaluating whether a movie will get her vote, it is whether you would watch it again. And I would watch this movie a bajillion more times. I really would. And would I stop and watch it if I was doing something else and I was just flipping through and it came up? Absolutely. Would I seek it out to watch it because I'm in a certain mood and I need to feel a certain something? Yeah. I would. And so, you know, that that's another reason why um, this movie definitely gets my my bobsled. Let me tell you, I walked into this with some fear because I clearly what are we saying right now? She's holding the VHS up for the 18th time. I'm going to burn that whole collection. Aubrey, if you come into my place of dwelling, if you come into my dwelling place and you touch any of my artifacts, we're going to have a problem. All right. Now. Okay. There's a chain on my door. Just try it. Um, (laughs) You let me in as you always do. (laughs) You're right. And so, you know, we really really need a montage for you two to get over this rift. (laughs) Yeah. There were several months. To build your relationship. 
So I was so afraid to watch it again because I was like, I just remember this movie being amazing. I love it. I just remember watching. There were like three movies I used to watch after church on Sundays. And it was like Cool Runnings, Good Burger and like something else. And it was like double platinum. Like I like these are the movies that were things that I would just watch all the time. I have that VHS. Double platinum VHS right here. That's probably because you stole it from me. I did. That's accurate. It's accurate. See? And so I, I, but when I watched it, I said, nope, it didn't fail. It didn't fail. I was still, even though the moments that I was anticipating, I was laughing. Um, and it was really so much fun noticing something I'd never noticed before, which was the mother crying. I was like, even after all these years, this movie came out and what was it? 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed something new in 2022. Mm. And so I just appreciate that part of it. So without a shadow of a doubt, it gets my Jamaican bobsled 100% of all of it, you know? So and, and this is something that I do believe that my children will watch it and they will enjoy it. Um, you know, so that's another way like and how like Janaya said is this something that people could watch in the future and still gain things from yes yes you can um and even knowing that right now these actors are still in new things and so I love that as well of course rest in peace um John Candy but the you know these other actors they're in other stuff um I'm not sure too much about Dougie Doug but they're in, but even though if you were to say his name, he's still a name that we can all, as people who grew up at a certain time frame, we can all smile because we know his acting and who he was or who he is. So mm-hmm. at any rate, I just appreciate um I do appreciate the movie. So absolutely my bobsled. I love that. And right. I will also say, like, there's a piece of this that is like honoring an important moment in history, which was the the Jamaican bobsled team starting. Mm -hmm. And that's another one of those things that from a comedy writing, from a storytelling perspective, to start with a a nugget of a of a true, like a like a historical fact, historical moment, and give yourself the freedom as a writer to just start making stuff up from that from that basis. Yeah. Also, this class, this 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 movie was like a master class in 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 that and taking that 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 truth and then finding a way to create humor in it um, for from a storytelling perspective. I love that. Well, y'all, there you have it. That is three bobsleds. That means that Cool Runnings is a classic from the right perspective. Thank you all for joining us for the right perspective. We'll see you next time. See Bye, bro and sis. Love you. I love, love you. y'all. Bye. <laughs>